0: Hey, guys, this is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. Much love. Aight.
1: Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. It is really dumb to change time for no reason.
2: What day is it? What time is it? I'm just time traveled.
1: Yeah, that needs to stop. I'm going to touch you.
0: Stroked his arm. You've got more chance get in a hen's tooth. He's a great HR manager. Everything
2: seems to leak out of there. They, they need a plumber. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast we're going to bring you the latest Chargers news, we're going to preview and review every Chargers game, and we're going to bring you some of the hottest takes and rants around. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and as always, I am joined by my three fantastic co-hosts. First up, it's the man who was on time for this podcast, John Morse Jr., Good evening,
0: Beth. Um I'm not taking credit for that. It was Mr. Ayres that uh, prompted us that we had lost an hour due to daylight savings.
2: Mate, is <laughs> it not time to scrap that? We can, hold on. We're going to become a very, very different today if we're going to debate that. <laughs> uh, how's, how's a man who's in a completely different time zone doing John
1: Ayers? Well, I'm doing great because our time zones don't change because apparently Costa Rica, even though it's a third world country, understands that it is really dumb to change time for no reason. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, a man who has been time-travelling this week, it is Dan Hollywood King.
3: How's it going, Bez? I've just woken up.
2: (laughs) And I feel like... What? What day is it? What time is it? I've just time-travelled like an hour and a half into the future by falling asleep in bed with my son, nearly missing the podcast, and disappointing our, uh, our listener base. So, um... Thank you, John and Was, for uh, pestering me awake. Um, I am still a bit sleepy, much like the Chargers team, because despite uh, our best efforts to, uh, on your last week's podcast, to diminish the Jaguars um, and their franchise as one of the worst ever, uh, Was, you guaranteed an easy win. You said that there was no chance we were going to lose. The Chargers nearly, uh, nearly coughed it up. I, I, I didn't think it was clear cut. I thought, you know, we played behind uh, the scores a couple of times during the game, and it was only because Justin Herbert opened his backpack, put the entire franchise within that backpack, put it on his shoulders, and carried the team to victory that we're here in Herbert's first ever victory week. Um, what I want to talk about today, guys, is was it, was it comfortable for you? Uh, did you feel it was a positive victory, and that you know? We were beating a much less lesser franchise or was it too close for comfort and you still um, still got the blues about this team? Don't think that uh, we're as good as we should be. Uh, what do you say, John Ayers?
1: Definitely not a comfortable game. I mean, we saw a lot of mistakes on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of mistakes on the special team side of the ball. Uh, and the offense, to be honest, when the game started, the offense was not exactly humming. Uh, Herbert was a little erratic. He was missing passes, throwing them high, missing, you know, didn't seem like he was kind of fully there, focused, or ready to go. I don't know, something seemed to be off in those first few drives. I'd say, like, the first three drives, if I remember correctly. He just kind of didn't seem to be on, per se. But, uh, you know, he kind of heated up, and as the game went on, he, you know, he kind of got his touch back, and uh, thankfully he did, because they needed every little bit of him uh, to pull out the win. So, uh, you know, I'm feeling good about the win itself because, you know, wins are hard to come by, as, as Anthony Lynn likes to say. Uh, they're not given out in this league. But, um, you know, it, it. there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up if they're going to play better teams. And, you know, they are going to play some better teams coming up here on the schedule. So uh, they, they need to get those things cleaned up. Um, but I was really happy with how the offense performed. I was really happy with Shane Steichen. Um, he, uh, with the exception yeah. of the Easton stick experiment and a few other really weird things, <laughs> yeah,
0: that needs to stop. <laughs>
1: yeah, he needs to he needs to stop getting cute. I mean, Taysom Hill is not an effective weapon, and Easton stick's not even as good as Taysom Hill. So this is just not it's not not a good thing. What, what do you think, John? Do you think they the, the team came off that that uh, game against the Saints in
2: Week Five and went, do you know what, we, we we could do this this really ineffective second
1: quarterback. We we we've got, we got you some stick. What, what was that about? <laughs> I don't know. With, with uh, Taylor potentially coming back, um, you know, maybe they thought, Hey, let's let's get, let's give stick a few snaps because he's not seen the light of day. As soon as Tarot's back as the backup. So I don't know. It's hard to say, but I mean, besides that uh, and a few other kind of weird fluky, just trying to get too cute. Uh, I thought the offensive game plan was very solid. Very good. Um, they ran it uh, less on first down. Uh, actually specifically first and second down, they ran it a lot less. They were, um, you know, the league average is 54% on first and second down runs in the first three quarters, which are kind of considered the more neutral game scripts in theory. Um, and they were at 59% passing. So, um, the fact that they, they were, I think 52% run before, and then they swapped all the way up to 50, 59% passing for this game. I think what that tells you is that tells you that they, they looked back and said, look, the run game isn't working and we need to figure this out so you know they supplemented it with screen so a few screen passes short quick passes some dump offs you know just they decided hey you know what the running backs aren't cutting it the offensive line is not cutting it on the run game let's just put it in the hands of herbert and let him cook and that's what they did they let him cook and we saw the results it was good um, a lot of positive uh, plays on first and second down because of the passing. And uh, I, I think the game plan was great. And I really hope that this is the sign of things to come and that they're going to be a lot more, you know, willing to throw on first and second downs than they have been previously. Um, because I think that is an important part of this team to move forward and win games. So happy about that. The run game was atrocious. I mean, Justin Herbert was the hmm. leading scorer. So that, that needs, that's all you need to know about that. Uh, the offensive line was, bad again if if only we had a a running backs coach to sort that out as our head coach Uh, yeah (laughs) honestly i don't you know i want to blame the running backs but it's they're not they're not helping themselves that much either but this offensive line is just so bad they're not getting any push i mean the defensive line for the jaguars missing a few players they were they are not an impressive unit. They're they're a bad unit, frankly. And teams have been able to push them around and run on them easily. And the Chargers look made them look like the best defensive line in the league. And it's just it's because they're, the offensive line is just trash. And you know I'm hoping that this is kind of a wake up call because they're being forced to play these guys. And I I know they're going to say oh well this isn't the real offensive line. It doesn't matter. This is showing you that Telesco, Lynn, you should not be happy with your depth. I know you said, oh, I'm happy with the depth that we have at the position. No, you shouldn't be. We're seeing the depth, and it's bad. Okay, none of this whole, oh, I think we're, we're developing guys for the future. You're not. Pipkin's second year does not look ready at all, like not even close. You're going to tell me that you're going you're gonna to pass on drafting an offensive tackle, and you're going to throw Tevye and Pipkin's out there for a third straight year? Like, stop it. Just stop it. Get yourself a real offensive tackle in the draft and just stop this nonsense on the offensive line. You know, honestly, they, they do need a lot, though. They need cornerbacks, because I've seen on the defensive side of the ball. Casey Hayward, I think Big Casey need. Hayward might be done. I mean, he is just so bad. And he doesn't want to tackle in the run game. I mean, he's been bad. Michael Davis has been our best cornerback so far this year. Like, that's Casey, bad. That's not. That's wrong. Casey Hayward
0: allowed James Robinson into the end zone basically open the door for him. Do you wanna come in, do you want a cup of tea while we're at it? I mean, if I was Casey over like a hey, uh Coach Lynn, I'm just gonna donate um half my salary this year to the Red Cross for that because that is absolutely appalling. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna live with that tape for the rest of his football career and go, do you know what I, I get paid to stop people running the football down our throat, he just he just sideswiped him. You might as well wave a wet, wave a uh, a wet tea towel. You know that is yeah. That was really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awful. I mean, and he, and he can He had the audacity to come out on Monday to say he, you know, he can't wait to put some hits on Melvin Gordon for the Denver oh, game. Dear. And I'm like, try putting hits on anybody. Huh. I mean, he it, not just that little Ole, little friggin, I'm gonna touch you, and maybe you'll run out of bounds for me. I mean, he just he just looked bad. He he was missing tackles. He was he was getting thrown off. I mean, he just, I don't know if there's a future for him uh, going forward because he just does not look great. Uh, So that, I mean, and Jerry Tillery has been just bad, really bad lately. And he missed a few big tackles. He got thrown around on a few uh, plays there. I mean, he just does not look very good. I just don't think, uh, you know, I, I think there are some pieces of this defense that I thought that I think we were maybe too high on, or at least, you know, after the first couple games and it just they are not there so um definitely some question marks that i saw in this game
2: yeah um over to you dan what did you see um different Were, you, were there were some positives that you were uh, got excited about we focused on justin herbert where, where were you looking
3: there's a lot of agreement there um there's i was equally as confused by the eastern stick experience um and i'm, I'm still a bit mystified by it um but yeah it was it all came down to that tackling as as was just mentioned watching Casey Hayward launch himself in air quotes um towards Robinson where he just kind of stroked his arm as he ran past him it was just like what are you doing like it 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 um was it kind of made me think about the tweet the Chargers put out before the game about um having the jack boys all posed together and how it's just like, just, just stop it. Jesus, that ne- that needs to end. <laughs> yeah. Like, when when was the last time that they really caused a problem for anyone? It just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, and it was it was just like, okay, showcase, no case, just stop. Um, um, and to go back to what John started with, um, the dump off passes and screen passes. It was evident right from the start. I think the first couple of plays were. Short passes to Justin Jackson, who didn't look bad as a receiver. It's just a shame about the, the run game. I, um, I've i written a piece um, grading this week's performance. Um, you got both Kelly and Jackson averaged 2.4 yards a carry, which is just... It's just bad. And I don't know how much of that is on them, how much of it is on the guys up front like Ryan Groy not really doing much in the way of run blocking but... Something needs to change there.
2: Well, I get it that if you haven't got, you know, Trey Turner and Brian Balaga and Mike Pouncey, um, you know, you miss those three pieces of your of your team coming into the season. You're not blowing anyone away. This It's not going to be a strength. Um, it's just so sad that, uh, you know, I thought James Campon was going to be the MVP. I think we got that train going and we've definitely derailed it, have we not? Uh, <laughs> and... We've ended up with this damp squib and O-line where... Do you know one thing? I'm going to turn it into a positive. Justin Herbert looks like, doesn't matter who he plays behind, he's got the mobility and awareness to uh, to come out of it. He's such an intelligent football player. He he, he had time, which he created during uh, with moving around the pocket, coming out left, coming out right... Time, time, time. Pick someone out. No, nothing on. And he threw it away, which is a really mature way. It was a mature performance from Justin. Um, But you're never going to run the ball down someone's throat if you have you know, what already is a patched-up line missing several key parts of it. It's not going to happen. I think we were excited about James Campen and we've seen regression from some of the uh, pieces. Pipkins, you mentioned, John. I love the guy. I thought he was going to be... Going to be a real benefit to us on the left, uh, left tackle, and he's coming in at right tackle, and he is an embarrassment. He shouldn't be on the field. Uh, who's the guy? Where's Where's Tyrese Saint Louis or whatever on Earth his name is? You know, just pick up a guy off the street because Pipkins is performing worse than, than than you know Joe Blogs off the street. So um, that's disappointing. We're not running the ball. Um, was I mean? I'm
0: going to. Uh, are you miserable? Well, first of all, I'm going to focus on one negative, and then I'm going to go into positives i need to check on the tv insurance in our house because that two-point conversion there was no way in a million years gardner Minshew was going to pass that football so what did the defense do spread out as, as as thinly as they could along the end zone and let and let the jags come crashing through like it was a bowling ball i mean it's ridiculous just stuff him up the middle they weren't going to get that two-point conversion enough we we spoke enough about tackling so going on to me um speaking about an easy win well for the first sort of quarter a bit and the last the fourth quarter it, it did look relatively easy but it's meshing those four quarters together we spoke about i actually thought Partway through the uh, second quarter, I was sat there going, I was making notes in the game, going, I think Coach Lynn's actually lost his team. This is why now that the, the Jaguars are turning the, dialing up the heat and applying the pressure. They've been getting to Justin Herbert from the first quarter. And I thought, we're going to lose this here. And, and, it, and it, uh, have we lost the dressing room? Now, if you recall to last week's podcast, I spoke about the veterans, the team captains stepping up. Taking hold of the situation and leading the, the juniors and the rookies going forward. Now, apparently, Coach Lynn did just that at half-time. He didn't say a word. He let the captain speak. Whatever was said, um, it actually uh, it, it came to fruition because we walked away with a win. But I really, really want to focus on, on two key elements. Um, Justin Herbert. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, he, he wasn't perfect. He he looked nervous at times, and rightly so. Let's be honest, this is a pro football team we're playing against. They want to hurt him. They want to make their mark on the game. But that touchdown pass to Virgil Green and the one to Jalen Guyton, absolute missile on a dime. I mean, ridiculous accuracy. He made some really, really good plays to Keenan Allen as well. I think the second quarter, it was a uh, third and seven. Um... I thought, here we go, we're going to end up with three and out here. And he, and he found Keenan for a new set of uh, downs. We've got a really, really, really good receiver core. It's super exciting. And I think that's how we're going to have to move the chains if the running game's uh, getting uh, stuffed. But, you know, Jalen Guyton, it's, I, I don't know what's happening with Virgil Green. Um, is he out? Is he done?
1: But I think he's done, yeah. John's nodded his head there. I mean, that's uh, such he's- a shame. Uh, the last report I saw was that he's not done but he might still return by the end of the season um but I mean he's done for the next you know for the for the foreseeable future he's done but he might come back towards the end you know maybe yeah maybe, maybe mean, the last couple he, weeks maybe
0: you know the, the some, time for the just, super Bowl run. some amazing plays I mean that ace right you know to Donald Palms jr absolutely fantastic I, th- I think teams are gonna have to really think Twice about how they set up against the Chargers going forward because they probably know that we're, we're not going to move the football on the ground uh, unless Herbert finds space down the sides like he did against um, Jacksonville. But I think our receiver receivers as a group are massively underrated. You know, Keenan Allen, he's one of those players, we don't need him to score 12, 13 touchdowns a season like Julio Jones did. It's nice. But he just extends the plays, get those new sets, you know, a new set of downs. It's almost impossible to cover. Um, And the dude, I think it was, was it the fourth quarter? He 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 basically smashed into is it it three jags uh, defensive backs to make that first down. You know, we we know the dude can block, and we know that he's got a physical um, presence about him. And I just think if we can keep that going, we've got a chance to be in games. But I just don't think. We should underestimate what what Justin Herbert's doing. Prior to this recording, I was talking to John and Dan uh, about the number of franchises that need a um, long-term quarterback. If you look at the ones that have that, that have got a long-term quarterback, we were we were we we, we hit eight off the bat, you know, Chargers, Chiefs, Bengals, etc. But we we will struggle to find ten. We're in a really, really fortuitous position here and as John mentioned earlier on, we've got to invest in that O-line in in next year's draft or maybe uh, in in, in trades going down the line. But, little stat, straight off NFL research, Justin Herbert is the only player since at least 1970 with 1,500 yards passing and a 100-yard passer rating over his first five career games. And he's also tied with Pat Mahomes, isn't he, as as two players that scored 250-plus yards in the first five games. He's he's in elite
2: company. Look, stance, I don't care what anybody
0: says. Uh, yeah, he's only he's only played five games. Look, we've we've played some really really tough teams. Jags aside, they still competed. You, you know they, they 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 fought hard. They're they're up against it. You can, you can see that there's something among those um, players there. They wanted that win. Don't underestimate what he's done. This is not a fluke. And and I think what unit unit the nail on the head bez this this man can make plays. I mean. He's obviously super intelligent, that that helps. But and he did look rattled at time, but the fact that he said, You know what, I'm not having this and, and that you know, that, that scramble for the touchdown there, brilliant. That's what we've been missing for a long, long time. As as much as I love Philip Rivers, we were never gonna get that out of him. And we talk about chemistry. And we said, you know, it is there a problem in the locker room. Now, if you look at Herbert at the end of that game, when he went up to Keenan Allen, who was getting interviewed on TV and smacked him on the backside. Any of you that have been around the workforce know that you can't do that to a work colleague unless there's some some element of trust there, and clearly there yep. is. So there is there is some positive signs, and I don't think the coaches have lost the locker room. I just think that things have not been going our way. And look, we we nearly we we nearly fluffed it again, didn't we? You know, Thomas has um, blocked uh, Ty Long uh, punt. You know, Jesus. ran it in for six. You know, Badgley, we'll, I know we're going to come onto that later on. We were quite lucky, the, the the Jags gave up some unnecessary penalties, as we as did we, we've already spoke about Tillery, so, you know, on the whole, positive, absolutely super excited about Justin Herbert. You, he makes the game yeah, exciting, doesn't he? I was it. like, wow, even, even my wife's like, uh, do you want a Justin Herbert jersey? I said, yeah, good luck, you got more chance to get a hen's tooth than Justin yeah, Herbert You're looking forward coming
2: six months later. Yeah, lately. I
0: think it's been delayed <laughs> now, until April look at next you, year, Dan. Dan, uh, Bez. But no, um, it's unreal, isn't it? Yeah, let's 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 see what happens go down the line. I can't wait for Sunday.
2: Well, that's it. He keeps us all excited. Um, but this this Chargers team is infuriating. If you, we're all excited about Justin, we love watching him. He makes the game bearable um, because he is elite, and the things that he can do, we've been longing for as a franchise. Um, but my, my my issue with this Chargers team is, I think they're so Jekyll and Hyde. They don't really know what they what they're good at and what they're not. There are there are series where their defense is elite, and we shut down the pass. We dominate the line of scrimmage. Bosa and 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 Ingram and, and even the other lads um, are Val Joseph dominating against the run on certain uh, series against the Jags and every team this year. And then they come out and they're they're the opposite. And they they're a, what's your favourite John airs? What's your favourite saying? Warm butter defense. Oh God. <laughs> uh, well, you you hate that turn don't you? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'll uh, say though, I'll say though,
1: not. I mean, you you can sit here complain about warm butter defense, but a lot of those plays that are occurring, I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who stopped, you know, at or behind the line of scrimmage, and then a missed tackle on the running back. You're talking about the Lavishio chenault big play, the 36 yard play. They had him dead to rights right at the sticks might've even saved a first down if they had hit him, if they had tackled him, but no, they missed the tackle and the vicious uh, goes back and gets another 25 yards out of it. Like there's, there are time and time again, these plays showing the the players missing tackles or just a, a, just a bad coverage assignment as well as these awful penalties in that one drive. Where we had basically back to back 15 yarders and it just, the defense is not playing well and I don't know if it's the scheme or the players at this point. I think the scheme has something to do with it, but I think the players have something to do with it too. There are just too many mistakes, too many problems that I think are making it worse. So I just think that they need to really, really look at this team. And, you know, as much as I want, you know, again, I'm not trying to give Gus Bradley a a pass here because, you know, some of this is just what what his defenses do. But I think at this point, the the way the defense is playing the way these defenders are are not executing and making mental mistakes that is on the defensive coordinator it's your job to have these guys yep. in line and, and executing and if they're not executing as a whole like if it's one or two guys not executing well i mean he's playing with you know injuries and all that stuff okay i get that but you're talking continuously multiple guys just not executing. Like at some point that's got to be on, on the coordinator for not getting them prepared and not getting them ready and not working on the right things and not holding them accountable for their mistakes because they don't seem to have any problems with it. Hayward obviously has no problem with the the crap effort he put (laughs) forward because he's ready to go for the next (laughs) game. You know, he still thinks Jack boys are a thing. So I think that, you know, the scheme, the warm butter scheme is not essentially what was wrong there because they did make some great, I, I mean, let's not forget besides having four straight, three and outs in the first half um they also had two uh, it was a two straight i think it was fourth down stops on the jaguars yeah. in the second half yeah. so I mean, it's not it's exactly the Jag- they, they, they weren't exactly warm butter because this defense this defense turns up at yeah, certain well, moments
2: but it isn't consistent let, let, you can't how about this how about it.
1: this how many points did the defense give up yesterday 23 yeah. if you if you, and that's counting extra points the defense gave up 23 points because six of those points came from that um, from that special teams error, right? So they only gave up 23 points. That is below the league average. League average is 25-plus yeah. points okay. a game. You're, I mean, you're getting If your defense is only giving up 23 points a game and on occasions getting you turnovers and pick sixes like they have the two previous games, like true. is that really the defense's fault? That's my only argument. I'm not saying that they're great. I'm not saying that they're world beaters. I'm not saying they can't play better. Oh, they can he, play better.
2: Guys, here he is. Here oh. he is. He's the defense apologist I'm,
1: not... <laughs> f- I'm just saying the when the, of the offense head. when the offense contributes points the team wins I'm yeah. just saying like that's all there is to it it's be- uh, so, it so so na- listeners
2: listen, li- listeners Gus Bradley uh there uh, joining us live
3: as a guest this
0: Bez at be- the nail <laughs> of the head when he said the defense turns up at certain points early in the first quarter the jags are 12 places seven yards. And I, I think I was tweeting in our in our inbox on Twitter. This is going to be a shutout, and that's how we start the game. But trying to gain that momentum is is really difficult. I mean, I've got a straw poll question for all three of you. I'll start with Dan. Are. So mm-hmm. you're Gus Bradley, and you're watching James Robinson single-handedly run the football as hard as he can down your throat. Would you change things up and put Mel and drop Melvin Gordon back as linebacker?
3: ingram um oh, sorry, Mel, I, I don't know that melvin gordon drink you did <laughs> drink <laughs> um Mel, melvin ingram i i don't know that i'd move him back at linebacker more move him over the guards and center a bit more like he was a few times just get get that extra player there um i don't know if i'd look to maybe bringing um bringing more of the tackles in just put square and joseph both there um but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stay the same. I wouldn't just go, well, he's running it down us. So at least they're not throwing it because, you know, they they just kept running.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, but again, my, my I think the point you have to remember is that um, the big, the big running plays that did happen were a result of missed tackles. Like he had guys, oh, yeah, the, like, um, he had guys in the right Tillery
3: running around with his oh, arms Jesus. outstretched, just I, I, chasing after people. That's Arthur the point people. I'm
0: making. I don't think Melvin Ingram makes those missed tackles. And he, yeah, he but spoke, but here's the thing: spoke. if you
1: if you move Melvin Ingram on the inside, then you've got someone on the outside who maybe doesn't contain. And if you don't have that contained, True. then they're running it on the outside and breaking a big play. Like if you're trying to move him over more central, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna shore up the center of your defense, but you're gonna make yourself s- uh, soft on the left there for a quick, you know, I... for a big breakout to pitch out left. He's gone right and I just the other don't thing think the
0: Jags added in them to do that I just think they was so
1: sort of one-dimensional
3: I think so if they did we don't have anyone that could stop them you, you know, if, know. If,
1: if you watch it I mean here's the thing We're, we started this off talking about how we need we need cornerbacks hey, Hayward's garbage Desmond King is not good let's just put this out there right now I I thought he was a good player I thought maybe he just had a bad year he just need, he is not a good cornerback in this league he's just not a returner he's bad uh, or a returner, yes, exactly. So now you've got two guys who are bad playing, you know, trying to cover receivers. Like, are if that if your liability is bigger on the outside with the receivers, or bigger, you know, giving up, you know, four, five, six yard runs. What what are you gonna give up? I'm gonna give up the four, five, six yard runs and hope that my defense can make a stop on those runs. Versus putting these guys out on an island and expecting them to cover because they're not going to, and then getting gashed for 30 yard plays, 36 yard passing plays, you know, like you want to say all day, Hey, they should change it up. But, can they change? Do they have the personnel to change up a lot of what they're doing? And yeah, they ran some more dime this time. But still, like, I again, I don't think the defense is great. And the defense needs to improve and they need to execute better. I agree all that. And if you want to fire Gus Bradley over it, that's fine. But my point is, don't try to scapegoat the defense as uh, as a whole, uh, you know, the scheme as a whole. Because I think the contain and hold defense is, is not as bad as people keep making it out to be. Again, they keep holding teams to pretty low scores. You know,
2: and and to be fair, if Justin Herbert can continue to score almost forty points a game, <laughs> putting up over three hundred yards and you know four touchdowns, then we're going to win more games than we're going to lose. But he, he, I don't think that's sustainable, and I don't think you can rely on it. And I think the big downside here is even if Justin Herbert continues to be the real deal, and I think we all think he will be, Touchwood, um, and even if the defense can tighten things up, and you know more Kazir Whites can emerge, who by the way is on fire, he's cracking. There's still a massive liability in this team, and we've talked about it before. Uh, Was you predicted that there might be a coaching change in the bye week? Didn't quite happen. It needs to happen. Uh, my God, what is this special teams doing? Mm. It's it's garbage. Do you remember the season we had first, uh, oh, uh, the first offense of the league and first defense of the league yep. and the thirty-second. Specialty as well. This special teams is worse. It would be the thirty third if our, if our de- uh, special teams from that year was in the league right now. It's, it's tragic. It. I think there's always going to be a punt block. I'm, I'm terrified every time we, uh, we punt. Uh, returns look poor. We're bringing out the end zone when we shouldn't. Um, lanes aren't being covered. It's just a tragedy. Um, And I can't understand why Mister are holding everyone to account. Anthony Lynn and Tom Telesco aren't getting rid of of Stuart. Um, Surely, Dan, you you agree with me there?
3: Oh, totally. Um, I mean, I've said it before. It always looks like Long is taking forever to get his kicks off. And I don't think that's him making it look slow. I think it's the fact that everyone's getting to him fast that is making it look like he's kicking slowly um because yeah people are just getting through uh, there was there was nothing there um talked about warm butter there was no butter um just a dry <laughs> life uh, of bread it, it was just it's a dry life just of a bread. dry life <laughs> of bread yeah um it was it was not good uh, i mentioned earlier king not the best at returning he's averaging something like five yards on a return was it he's it's not great um and I just I just don't understand. We got rid of kickers for less than Badgley has done in the t- past two games. Um back to back he has missed an extra point and a field goal. Like the charges of two years ago would have gone right, we've got three new kickers by now. Um mm. they've got to at least bring someone in. As I we as I petition bring, bring me in. Um <laughs>
2: but... <laughs> Well you know we didn't bring anybody in so i'm going to go around the room and uh, i'm going to start off with you was and and pick up uh, pick after it john um we didn't bring anyone in for kicker. should should, should anthony Lynn and the charges be re- looking to replace badgley um is it time to look that way or does he need more time cuz he could be money again
0: i think we just, i think we just stick with him it's, he's missed extra points he's missed field goals but you know show me a kicker in the league that hasn't but you are absolutely right i mean <laughs> a lot of these games that we're playing in coming down to the wire and it is fighting margins but whoever comes in is coming in for a reason and they're going to come in in such you know, uh, extraordinary circumstances they're going to be under huge amounts of scrutiny and pressure it might not work Um, let's see what happens going down the stretch my only concern with Badgley and we're not calling him money anymore we're dropping that nickname is, is when it's starting to get tight, uh, super, super long ranges. You know, the Chiefs have got Booker. He can do that, as he proved in week two. And I think that's where we need to be going if we are going to make a change. Not not like for like. We've got to go and find someone in the college game or some, somewhere that's, um, you know, in the depth charts that's able to convert around the 58, 59-yard uh, range. That's what you need to be doing if you're going to be bringing Badgley out and putting somebody else in. If, if you haven't got that, he, he stays where he is. But Coach Lynn's come out and defended him and George Stewart, as you would expect, because they don't want to wear the dirty laundry. Um, so for now, it is... We've got what we've
1: got. Well, I don't agree with that. I think it's time for him to go. I think it's time to bring in some competition. You know, and you can say all day long, oh, well, there's a reason guys are out there. Well, you know, guys can turn it around. Guys can fix their things. Josh Lambeau is a perfect example. You know, he just, he wasn't cutting it for us. We cut him and he found his stride. You know, young Hoku apparently can kick again after he was just atrocious for the Chargers. So, you know, sometimes guys go through a stretch and they just need to figure it out and they get right. My issue, the reason why I think it's time to cut on on Badgley is this Badgley has never been a great kicker over 50 yards and that's a problem for me I think that it's over 40 what it's it's over 40 as well you could even narrow it by 10 yards well I mean previously previously before this season um you know he was he was pretty money from about like 48 49 um, on down, he was pretty money. He, he, he didn't miss extra points. He hit the, he hit the close ones. He was good. He just struggled some when you got to 50 or above because he just doesn't have a huge leg. And so my problem is if you're going to start to become erratic on the short kicks, then what do we have you for? Right? Like I can live with occasional shank kick, a PAT or occasional shake, shanked short, uh, field goal. If I know, if I have faith that my kicker can make a 55, 56, 57, 58 yarder, right. And I have zero confidence. In fact, I had little confidence going into the season. He could hit from 50 or above like 50, maybe 51. I don't know. 52, uh, a little dicey over 52. Absolutely not. Like that was, I had very little confidence, but I was willing to live with it because I'm like, you know what? You shouldn't be settling for 50 yard field goals. Anyways, you should be settling for, you know, 45 yard field goals and you're know, trying to push it, but he can't even make those. He can't even make a 48 yard field goal. He just showed that he can't make extra points. He's missing like 38 yard field goals and stuff. It's just to me, It's time to cut and run and find somebody who's looking for work, who's hungry, who might be able to come in and show you something, you know? I mean, what's the harm in bringing somebody in? Worst case scenario, you're telling Badgerly, guess what? You need to figure your shit out. Before it was, hey, you'll get him next time. Or, hey, it'll come. Or, hey, man, you got to work on that. We need this fixed. Hey, man, you can't be missing kicks like that. And now it's like, guess what? You miss another fucking kick. We got three guys who are going to take your job, you know? Like – You you gotta, I mean, and this was my problem. Is Badgley was always gonna be a problem from from 50 yards or above, anyways. And yet they brought in zero kicker competition in the preseason. And yes, it's COVID. And yes, you don't want to expose to extra guys. Blah blah blah. I don't care. All right. I saw some of the crap talent they had in there on the other positions. All right. I don't buy it. Bring in a kicker, put some competition. If he wins the competition in camp, great. Fine. Whatever. But the point is. They didn't even bring in competition, and to me, that's garbage, and now you're seeing it. Now you're seeing, guess what? Maybe you should have brought somebody in. So, I don't know. I, I'm done with Badgley. I, I mean, even if he turns it around and gets perfect from 40, 48 well, and shorter, and he gets perfect from that range, I still will never trust him above 50 because he just doesn't have a consistent leg well, with distance.
2: Which would you rather have, though, John? And, and, and question for everyone, really. Would you rather have... A consistent rate, right, if it's 45 yards or less, it, it's automatic, and the and point after is automatic, but there's no chance to win the game on a 50-odd-plus yard field goal. Or would you rather have the big leg that can win you the game, but is going to miss the occasional 30-yard field goal and a couple of PATs?
3: You look at um, big leg Joey Sly of the Panthers, he's. um he's the complete opposite to Badgley. He can hit those long kicks. Um, although he's still got hate for missing a 65 yarder this week that barely missed. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, hate for missing a
1: 65 yarder. Stop it. Stop yeah. It. Yeah.
3: There's, there's Stop there's it. some Panthers fans out there who are a bit crazy. Um, and it barely missed as well. Like it just kind of skimmed under the post. Uh, it was dead center, um, but he's got, he's got real problems kicking the shorter ones. Um, and I think I'd rather go down that route, just it, just if, if you're in shorter distance, maybe go for it. I'll
0: just have a look at bike stats. Before this season, he'd only missed one uh, extra point. He was 27 of 28 in 2018, and 19 of 19 in 2019. But his field goal percentage in 2019, 81.3%, 69.2% in 2020. So he's he's obviously got some issues with uh consistency. Uh, his longest field goal in 2019 was 49 yards after converting a 59 yarder in 2018. So just on his own stats, you were like, wow.
1: If, he, he if you look at if you look at his percentages of kicks 50 yards or above, they're. They're all low. And I'm sorry, but in today's NFL, you need to be able to make a 55-yard field goal. Like, here's the thing. You're not at the end of – like, the most important time for your kicker to be able to make a field goal is at the end of games. And generally, at the end of games, you're kicking a field goal not from close up. So you're generally kicking from far. So I'm going to take the guy who I've got more confidence kicking deep and who will have the occasional flub short uh, than anything else. I mean, to be honest – you, you asked the question, hey, I want someone who's solid from 45 and closer. Honestly, if you're a professional fucking kicker and your only job is to kick 45 to, you know, or to kick field goals, you should be able to make 45 yeah. to zero, like, without question. Like, without question. Yep. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, – it's your job. Yeah, you have you, one job. You've
0: got a good point. I mean, the, the, the Chiefs Indeed. don't win that game so far without Booker's ability to – was it 58-yarder, was it, Booker's winning field goal kick?
1: Uh, yeah, and he, out a, out. and he had a and he had 58 yard earlier on in the game too. Yeah, had, Remember, yeah, towards yeah, the second did. half. And he, to,
0: and he had the the penalty. He had to retake it, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah, you know, and that that's we keep saying fine margins, and everyone's got to do their job at all phase of the game. That's what we need.
2: So you, you've highlighted consistency again as an issue. Seems to be a a, a Chargers theme, does it not? Uh, that yeah. uh, we're unable to string it together, and we can we can do it one week, but not the next. Um. Talking about consistency, talking about liabilities, which I think the the special teams is. is our defence actually not as good as we think. Is it weighing this team down? I know you talked about it, John Ayres, that that we're we're still above average. Uh, we're scoring less. Uh, we're allowing less points than the league average. But really, Casey, apart from Kazir White, who's who's stepped up and emerged from the young core. Um, are we not seeing more regression from our players in that department do we think it's the coaching staff is it is it weighing us down as a team or do you still think that we have an elite defense that's going to turn
1: it on when the when the uh the, the lights are on i mean i don't think they're elite by any means and i don't know if they were once they lost derwin james i don't think this defense was elite I think the loss of Derwin James took him from an elite defense to a really good defense. And then you start dropping tranquil from that. And, you know, you start dropping some of these other guys and I think you start saying, okay, well they go from, from a very good defense to just a good defense. And I think that's what they are. I think they're a good defense, a league average, good defense who can make stops, but will will also allow people, um, you know, for to, to get these big chunk plays. And again, some of that's, philosophy right the the philosophy of the defense is you know no big plays minimize scoring uh you know and maybe have soft butter out there every once in a while and it's going to work sometimes and it's not going to work other times i mean i guess it's it's kind of what are you looking to get out of them you know if if you're going to be aggressive on offense and you're going to score points i think this defense is perfect for that kind of offense as you saw the other day again if it weren't for that um for that extra extra teams fiasco they would have had have held the jaguars to 23 points or sorry 22 points actually um and that's pretty good i mean i'll tell you right now if, if you tell me every if you tell me that we're walking in, into a game saying hey we're only going to give up 22 points to their team i'll probably take that every game i mean wouldn't you guys wouldn't you take tw- knowing knowing all you had to do is score more than 22 points to win wouldn't you take that
2: well, it depends. If Terod Taylor was our QB, <laughs> no. Well, I mean that's one of the reasons why he couldn't go back
1: in there because once the defense started losing players and was only playing at maybe a league average level, I mean you can't throw Terod out there. He's not a Terod is not a guy who's going to score a bunch of points for you. He can score points and help your team, but it's just he's not going to move the offense the way Justin Herbert can. So that's probably why that happened. I mean it just you know I, and, I, and I've, I've written this article on it. So look at chargedupbolts.com. I think a lot of the same arguments still apply for right now. Um, as far as, you know, who's to blame for, for the start, who, you know, the offense or the defense and look at the defensive argument that I made there. I think there's, I I think there's just some very fair points in there that I've made about the fact that there, they have been allowing teams, um, to score. Yes. But for the majority of games, with the exception of Tampa Bay, where they were just complete trash, um, with with the exception of the Tampa Bay game, they were holding teams to, uh, under, their weekly averages in points. So, I mean, yes, do you want to hold them to a minimum amount of points? Of course you do. But if you're holding if you're telling me, "Hey, my defense is going to go in there and this team A always scores 30 points a game." But guess what? The defense is going to hold them to 27 points. Well, guess what? That sounds like a a, a pretty okay day for the defense. That doesn't sound like a bad day for the defense because they held them to less than what they're expected to score. On the on the flip side of that, if you look at the defenses and what they're allowing from a points per game average, the offense was continuously struggling to score more than what the other opposing defense was giving them. So that sounds to me like the offense is a problem. So this is my prop, this is my argument and this is my, I guess, soapbox that I'm gonna die on. It's that to me, I, I just don't think that it's really gonna be on the defense here. I mean, yeah, they've played poorly in some games, but I think they've played just fine. Not great, not not league winning, but I think they played fine, and I think it's really been the offense who has failed to score in many games.
2: And, and, and the offense has stuttered as well. You know, is this a coaching thing? Because the offense has lit it up and then gone three and out. The offense... and, and Or are we seeing that corner turned Or uh, because of the Jaguars game where we looked like we could score at will, but then you know, is that is that just because the Jaguars aren't very good? What do you reckon, Dan?
3: Um, in part. <laughs> we, we can't discount how bad the Jaguars should have been. Um, uh, and if, hopefully we'll see uh, the defense repeat that um, the, well, the second half um, performance against the Broncos like failing offense um, next week or this coming week. Um, but I, I just wanted to actually jump back to when we were talking about some players that had actually stepped up. And you mentioned Kazir White. You can't forget um, Noisu's playing pretty decently as well um, as a whole. He's getting involved. Um, I think the the whole D-line is kind of playing at a decent level, uh, enabling the secondary to be bad and us to still be playing relatively well on defense. I, I liked what John was saying about holding teams to below their average and us holding teams in general below the league average. I think the defense there is doing its job. If they weren't missing those tackles, maybe we'd have a good defense instead of just an average, slightly above average defense. Um, I'm interested to see what happens when we get a few guys back. Um, I like this week. We added Ingram back and Jones back. I don't know if Jones actually played. Um, I did have the snap counts open, but I don't anymore. Um, but we've still got Chris Harris to come back. Maybe Chris Harris comebacks reminds Casey Haywood that yes, you you are allowed to play corner, um, as long as Jaleel dies not out there. Well, to be
2: fair with Jaleel Ladai, we are one and zero with him as an active true uh, participant <laughs> on the roster. So, you know, maybe that's that's the whole reason. <laughs> um, so guys, look, you know, before we move on, we, we've come off the uh, the Jaguars game. We've got our win. Um, was are you are you Thinking that we're gonna kick on now. Well um, or are you it goes still, back to uh, it, it goes back that...
0: to the last point about the defence. I just want to mention three players. Two that I think need to step up, and one that I've been impressed with, and Dan's already touched on him, uh Nuosu. Now if you just look if you look purely at the stats, you know, three and a half sacks, eight quarterback hits, there's only one player on the roster that's got uh, better stats than that, it's Joey Bosa with four and a half sacks and eleven QB hits. Now, the thing about Onoosu, if you look at his snap count for his last three games, 86, 51, and 33%, uh, uh, respectively, he's, only, he's, he's played in less than 51% of defensive snaps in four games. So he's been quite productive in, in time on the field. So I think we need to get more out of him. You know, they talk about the Rams getting the best out of uh, uh, Jared uh, Goff, you know, and masking his weaknesses. And I think. Bradley needs to do the uh, a good, you know, a better job at getting the best out of his individuals on on defense. Two players that are a bit of a concern for me. I'll start with Melvin Ingram. We know he's been injured, but you know, if you watched him closely on Sunday, that the dude, I don't know if he's picking up an injury. His starting stance was from an upright position. He was really eager to get pressure, and that the man will fight through fire for his teammates. Um, I'm not sure he's quite 100% right. Um I mean he's, he's not he's yet to have well he's got two quarterback hits uh two solo tackles you know he's yet to have a positive impact on any given one game but one player that's really really disappointed me is uh, Naz Play, played 100% snaps in the last three games
3: got he, absolutely he, flattened he, he
0: did he got absolutely flattened no QB hits you know, he's um, he's not been able to um, influence the game as we thought he might. Yet yeah, he had a nice little interception, thirty nine yards downfield. But I think we expect a little bit more from him. And we spoke about this many times. There was no preseason. We're now into week eight. Some players are only just getting warm. You know, they've had a cold start. So it's how we can progress down the down the stretch which of those fringe players can actually stand up and make a play. I mean, for all we know, Casey Hayward's going to make a, an absolute uh, dive of a stop on, on Sunday, we, we and and this is the point, it's, it's up and down it's inconsistent, and if you look at two and four teams, and we're going to come on to the Broncos later on, a lot of it boils down to
2: inconsistent. It does, I'd, I'd like to see us be um, a more reliable team, I'd like to see us you know, be able to target certain places. This has been a, this has been for years though. You know, do you remember the last couple of seasons of Philip Rivers where you know Hunter Henry would have a great game and then disappear for three weeks, and we'd be like, Have they forgot he existed? And then we'd have a great defensive game where we'd shut out someone, you know, Turrod's um bills when we shut them out. Did I think we sh- he came off? It was who, who was it that was on that Turrod got benched for? Peterson, yes, you know, and we, we shut them um, out. Nate Peterson, yeah. Peter and that was it. Um, we're so up and down like a roller coaster, and I just want to see... You know, Anthony Lynn... Uh, here's, my, here's, here's what it boils down to, guys. Here's the potatoes. I think Anthony Lynn is a leader in men. I think people like to play for him. He creates a good work environment that you'd want to be part of. I think it's fair to say he's, his team's been hit by injuries. The curse, as John says, is real. I think as well, he has a major issue in talent. It's a bit like you know we're we're Wednesday fans, uh, Sheffield Wednesday fans in in British soccer uh, for you for you Americans, um, and and we at the moment we've got long this amazing team wide, of long suffering. We've got this team of hard-working, low quality people, and I think the charges are just the same. I think I think the coaching staff he, he has good plans. I think Steichen's growing up, and we saw that in this game. I think John, you you mentioned that early doors, but I think Anthony Lynn. He's a great HR manager. That's what I said, not, not so said last week
3: and the week before. He's he's a great leader, not necessarily a great coach. And yes, it's becoming more and more clear the distinction between those two aspects. Um, and, yeah, you, you can't argue that he's a great leader. I mean, John touched on it earlier. Um, he won't lose that locker room, not through leadership maybe through coaching.
2: Yeah, I, I think so and 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 he was uh promoted. Was it the who did he who who did he, who was he head coach for? Was it the Bills? It was the Bills he made was head coach for. And when he was got, given that appointment it was apparently the players that said we want to play for this guy, he's brilliant. And that's really good. You know, I'm sure we've all worked for uh, a manager that we like to work for and it isn't that Wait, difficult I, it's a nice environment.
1: I mean, but I, that's I, not that don't. tough.
0: I, I, Let's I, not sorry, forget.
1: Sorry. I was just gonna say, let's not forget that he was appointed head coach after being appointed offensive coordinator yep. after yep. starting the year as the running back coach. I.e., is basically everybody above him kept getting picked off, and yeah, sure the players loved him, Rapid but escalation. they didn't have many. Yeah. They didn't have many other choices. They had two. They they had multiple other guys going. So it's like, well, who else are we going to put there? Well, the players like this guy. Who cares? We've already we've already fired an offensive coordinator. We've already fired a head coach. Let's just let's let this guy coach. And, you know, they obviously didn't retain him. Um, and, you know, so you can say that's because Telesco moved in and grabbed him. Okay, maybe. Uh, or maybe the Bills just didn't care that much.
3: Nope.
0: <laughs> I, mean, so, I, I, I kind of disagree with you about Coach Lynn. Uh, with, did you say low-quality players? I, I completely disagree with that. I think we're loaded on on all sides.
2: No, no, lo- low quality. Coach. Oh, low. Co- sorry, sorry, so they, they have great right, sorry, attitude and they want to. You want to play for them, right. but actually they're all a bit raw or they're all a bit like Steichen. You know, he's starting to grow. He's beget- He's becoming a better coach as Justin Herbert's becoming a, a better quarterback, and it's great to see. And I, I thought that was one of the positives of the game. Um, I think it, they almost took it like a college game, which I think I predicted. Allowing some, you know, Justin to run it as if he was at Oregon. But um, I I think that the coaching staff lacks quality and experience. And what's the saying? The higher a monkey climbs, we're starting to see that. um, We're starting to see that because we're losing a lot of close games because they don't have the ability and the quality and the nouse to get us over the line. But that
0: that could come with experience.
2: Well, how long do you give them? Well, I, I, I think. This is the fundamental question was, you know, you're Tom Telesco. You're next on the line if things don't go to plan. Uh, Do you you see this season where we're already headed for a better record? I'll I'll throw it back to you.
0: Last two seasons of Steelers, Hmm. people say Mike Tomlin's done in Pittsburgh. Now they're talking about Mike Tomlin winning a Super Bowl. There's so many different facets to the game. I think this is why we all enjoy it so much and why it's often referred to as a week-to-week game. And there's so much that can go right on any given Sunday and so much that can go wrong. And unfortunately, we've been on the wrong side of... All right, here's a question. Our 12-4 season, was that luck? Did we earn that? No. John?
2: No. Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't think so.
0: You know, when, when we're good, we're almost unstoppable. But when we're bad, we're like really bad. And there is an element that the coaches have got to get amongst the players and sort out their mental aptitude. And maybe that's why Coach Lynn at half time on Sunday said, Captains, over to you. Earn your money. You know? Because ultimately they are part of that extension to the coaching staff. We've heard about it before, haven't we? Well, Derwin maybe... James, when he was injured last season, he spent time on the sidelines helping the other players out because his 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 football brain's phenomenal. Mm.
2: So what you're saying was, is our players and our uh, better coaches than our coaches? No, I'm not
0: saying that. I think, I think (laughs) there's a lot of circumstances here why things aren't going our way. Um, That the individual errors we've we've mentioned a few times. It's it's (laughs) I don't know. It's I think it's a complicated subject to to sort of uh, nail down in a in a two hour podcast.
2: It is, and I want to thank Curtis and uh, and Josh Bayliss on Twitter for your questions. I'm going to give us um, another. I'm going to turn the cannons on Tom Telesco in the front office. Um, now, guys, uh, this is a, a listener question, so um, thank you. The other teams, like the Ravens the Chiefs, go out and grab premium backup positions. John, you said earlier that the Chargers' def- uh, depth isn't all it's cracked up to be, and you can talk them up as much as you want, but actually we're seeing the, that it's uh, very thinly sli- spread over toast. So... Do you think we need to be in that market and being bolder and bringing in the likes of? You guys all wrote him off. Le'Veon Bell, where did he go? Antonio Brown, Des Bryant are coming back into the league. Do we? Do, who's the? Um, you know, Earl Thomas. We all, we all said he was a cancer in the locker room, and and we didn't bring him in. Do we need to be more bold? Do we need to go out and get these names? Or do, do, does Tom Telesco and and Anthony Lynn have too much confidence in their guys that they're entering the season with, and too proud? whereas they should be going in the market. I'm going to pass it to Dan.
3: I think so. I think there's there's the COVID aspect that I think it was John touched on earlier, where it's like, well, do they want to bring these guys in if they don't really know they've already got their guys, they know their guys are okay? Um, I'd love to see us go out and be a bit more aggressive. You mentioned a few names. You could also throw out um, names like uh i don't want to throw out eli apple's name um he can he can stay out there but uh, eric reed for example he's still out there he's in serviceable safety potentially um can't can't hurt to bring him in um i see he's turned down an offer to join washington's practice squad but that's a practice squad um I, i'd like to see us go out and be more more active um Depth is definitely a concern. I think we've got we've got the depth on the D line, but we're finding out that there's not really much anywhere else. Um, uh, and and receiver, of course, we've got depth at receiver, um, and tight end if Virgil Green's back sooner rather than later. Although I'd still rather see Parham play. Yeah, um, give me more. That guy give only me more catches touchdowns. On. Yeah, he only ca- catches touchdowns. So.
2: My, boys, I told you, okay. I told you, he's a beast.
3: <laughs> let, let me jump in
0: there, Bez. So, I'm going to make two points on this. One, some of the players that were available in the off-season that we sort of sniffed out said maybe we could get that individual. The first name I'm going to mention, Cam Newton. Look how that turned out. It's a bit of a lottery. It's either going to work or it, or it, it won't. And the season's not over. The other one is, how do we know that... Um, Telesco hasn't made these moves. If you look at the Buccaneers with Brown, apparently there was a bit of a straw poll in the in the locker room. The The front office went to all the senior pros and said, do you want him in? And they all said yes. Now how do we know that that's not happened down the line with the Chargers? There's not an awful lot that gets leaked out of that building, is there? So we don't really know that this hasn't happened and the, and the Bolts have gone, I don't want him. I know him from so-and-so. I don't want him. I don't want him in near us because there'll be a massive fallout upset the apple cart.
3: Because there's no leak. We have no way of knowing if it's, there's no discussions and therefore there's nothing to leak or there's discussions and they're just not. He's good at keeping it a close shop. If if you look at the jets
0: and the dolphins and the Jaguars, everything seems to leak out of there. They they need a plumber. Uh, some franchises, (laughs) you know, you, you don't hear a lot of leaking out of the Cardinals or, or Seattle. Um, I don't know there might be something in that John what do you reckon
1: so I I I have no desire for this year to be aggressive and bring anybody in I just don't I don't know what the point is I think you're just bringing on money for what reasons I mean if you're gonna bring in anybody right now I would like to see kickers come in for some competition Uh, and probably fullback because Gabe neighbors is not it he has been bad he has yeah, been disappointing, he's like he's, he's a liability on special teams. He, he is not great at run blocking. He is not great at catching the ball apparently. So I don't know what the heck he's good for. Like <laughs> he, he can't run the ball. I've seen him try to run. It's not exactly dynamic. Like, I mean, I, you know, it doesn't have to be Bobby Holly. I know everyone's like, Oh, Bobby Hawley, Bobby Holly, full fullback, bring him in, whatever. I don't, whatever. He's, he's fine. He's fine. I, I but Gabe, Neighbors, was Gabe Neighbors is bad. I mean, I just, I miss, I miss Derek Watts so bad. Like, yeah. So bad. He was, uh, I mean, I just, I, I, they need to bring another fullback, I think, because Gabe Neighbors is not it. And he's, I just don't think he's doing a good job. Uh, but anywhere else, I mean, I don't know what you're going to find out there. Um, for me, I don't think there's really any free agents I would bring in. And honestly, I wouldn't make any move to trade for anybody right now. Um, because I just don't think it's worth it. I think that eventually they're going to have to be, Tom is going to have to be more aggressive. I think when you see these guys like Everson Griffin getting traded and uh, Yannick Ngaku, or I think that's how you say his name, uh, being traded... Uh, you know, these are big difference makers on the defensive end—a really important position. Like when you see guys like that moving uh, at trade deadlines, like those are the kind of moves I think Telesa is going to eventually have to make um, once this team really hits their stride. It's not this year though. Um, but he, you know,
0: he was aggressive in the draft, drafting up for Kenneth Murray. So, yeah, I mean, he has got it in his locker to do it if he if he thinks it's the right move.
1: I mean, if he thinks it's the right move, he will do it. Um, but again, that was he traded away a third-round pick. You know, I mean. Do you want to know why though? Here's a hot take for you. He
2: traded up not for his talent, he traded up for character. Uh, you look at when he goes bold, he trades up for guys that have good character because he overvalues character. Yeah.
1: I mean, character is a big thing for him. That's that's something that they yeah. he, that he's preached. That's why he consistently goes and and overdrafts these you know golden domers who are just never that good in the NFL. Um, you know, I wish he'd stop that because just frankly, the guys he drafts are not that good. I mean, there just hasn't been anybody who's worked out. The best has been, so far, Drew tr- Tranquil, but, I mean, has he really worked out? He really hasn't done anything. So, well,
2: you are missing one there, John, and and we, we unfortunately let them go, and then they made an amazing tackle of Daniel Jones, and that was Manti Teo's girlfriend. Yes, well, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think we signed her.
1: We only signed Manti Teo, so. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that, right now this team is not a super bowl contender i think it'll be a good story if they can make the playoffs and i'm rooting for them but this is not a super bowl contender they can't compete i mean we've already seen when they went we've already seen them blow games against some of the best in the league I, I just don't think i i don't think that's i mean yes they could have won those games but i don't know if they win those games in the playoffs um so i just think that it's not worth it to me to give up any assets uh or you know potentially you know hurt anybody in the process uh you know get if if you want to if you want to do something this season you know get some of these other guys out there who you like as depth and see are they really good depth and if they're not then yeah you need to replace them and get better depth next year i think that's the ticket don't bring in some guy off the street because there's a reason they're on the street fair enough so
2: guys thank you for your listening questions we're going to move and look forward now to the big rescheduled game that we've got coming up this week. Uh, was it not supposed to be our bye week this week? I think it was, uh, and we filled the gap by playing the Broncos due to uh, COVID. Um, I want to I want to get your your takes for how Ooh. this is going to go. For me, um, for me, you've got the Broncos uh, not scoring a lot of points. Um, they've been held to, apart from when the Jets game came along and they broke out. They've been held to to sub. 20 or 20, 21 points and less in every game. They haven't looked dynamic. Um, the Chiefs um, and the Jets themselves put up points against this team, but they're a bit of a bogey. They've beaten us, you know, over the last few seasons. So um, is Drew Locke going to uh, out duel Justin Herbert or is Herbert going to carry us to victory? Was?
0: i tell you now, I'm locking this up. There's no way on this earth that that Denver, <laughs>
2: Denver offense.
0: Is, is 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 getting it done on Sunday? Um, I don't know if you ever see the tape for the Chiefs game. Uh, Denver weren't good at all, and I don't think the Chiefs were that hot to be honest. In the in the freezing cold uh, Mile High Stadium. I mean, if you look at Pat Shermer came in in the off season to try and fix the uh, Denver's uh, point scoring woes, and that's continued. I mean, Sherman's started. He's had he's had Ripion, He's had Drew Locke in there. Um, None of them are getting it done. Uh, Locke was terrible against the Steelers in week two. Um, one of five completions. Um, he threw an awful pick six on Sunday. Um, Denver's O line is not the best. Melvin Gordon is doing what Melvin Gordon does. He, he runs the football hard and loses it. He scored four touchdowns. Philip Lindsay's running the football hard. But their passing game is all, almost non-existent. And that's where we've got to exploit uh, Denver. Um, on the other side of the football, they're a lot better on defence. But it's whether or not we can get Justin Herbert cooking as we've done in the last five games. If we do that, I, I think we can overcome this team. And I think I've said it on in our uh, Twitter message group, it could come down to a field goal. And this is where we need Badgley to come in, step up uh, and make his mark. The concern for me on our side of the um, game is, is, is the offensive line. I mean, Bradley Chubb, he's on a hot streak now. His last three games, he's registered um, sacks four and a half on the season with seven and a half tackles for loss. So he's dangerous. But the, again, Denver's um, secondary haven't been outstanding They've managed three interceptions, so they're gonna have their work cut out against uh, Jalen Guyton, Keenan Allen, and the rest of the receiver core. But this is a winnable game. We're two and four for a reason. We, we've we've lost some close games, but I, th- I think Denver are two and four because they're a bad football team. Um, they've got a long way to go before they start competing in the AFC West, especially when they've actually got the football. So I see this as a, as a winnable game. The weather forecast looks a little bit uh, better than it did last Sunday. It's still going to be cold. We've, we've said this already. It's a mental state of mind. The players are going to have to go there, do their job, and just make sure that we come away with a win. I'll, I'll take a um, 96 win all day long. I don't care. We haven't won a divisional game since 2018, so we've got to stop that skid right now. For me Well, are you guaranteeing this, it? I, I, I'm locking it up. For for me Good for lag. me, this is this is arguably the most important game of the season. We can build momentum on Sunday's win. We can get our first divisional win that takes us into that Raiders game and they're up and down as well. We've already mentioned in the previous podcast this next five stretchy games is crucial to us, even having an outside sniff of the um playoffs. But we've already mentioned this. When it goes wrong, it goes spectacularly wrong for us, and we've got everybody needs to stand up. We've got to be able to stop the run. We've got to be able to get at Gordon. We've got to we've got to put the frighteners up him, and we've got to be able to stop Lindsay because otherwise you're gonna have a you've got a tandem there that's gonna run the football hard. I think they've gone for over five hundred fifty yards between them, and look at what James Robinson did to us on Sunday. We can't allow that to happen again against Denver because then and they're not gonna pass the ball. They're not going to be airing the ball downfield. I don't think they've got any confidence in, in their quarterbacks whatsoever. Whether it's Drew Brooks, uh, Lock that starts, I don't know. But he's he's been really poor. And we've got to get at him. We need Melvin Ingram um, to support Joey Bosa on the edge and get some pressure early. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Shermer swapping out his quarterbacks through this game. I'm not saying we're going to blow Wait, Denver what? out, but this is winnable.
2: All right, I'm I'm hearing a guarantee yeah, I'm and it um, up. pants I'm on, it up. pants, and you're ready for you. <laughs> to be fair, I'm just giddy that we could possibly win a divisional game, which <laughs> is so long. We need to get one.
1: Um, you know, is this is this the week, John Ayers? It's a good question. So, I mean, the issue is in Denver, right? This this team has traditionally struggled in games. In Denver against Denver, you, you know they have won games there. It's not like they don't win. It's just they've struggled, and even the good teams have struggled against Denver at Denver. Uh, and that was even when Denver was playing poorly. So it really it that that is my biggest concern about this game is they go into Denver and they play poorly. I mean, you, we, the weather supposedly is is supposed to uh, be pretty mild, which is good. Um, but if it gets ugly, you know, if if the if the weather gets ugly. And it turns into a game where we have to, you know, are you're gonna have to rely on running the ball more than you are passing the ball. We're in we're in big trouble because our run game is atrocious and it is just terrible. And this team wins by throwing. And if they have to play a, a run heavy game because it's snowing and, and windy and you just you can't throw the ball, this is it, it's gonna be a disaster. So hopefully,
0: <laughs> I told you six. <laughs>
1: Hopefully, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I, if, if we could score nine, uh, nine points on field goals, I, I would have to imagine the defense would have had to give, given us the situation where they could, and then I don't know if I trust, um, Badgley to make three field goals, so, uh, that's that's a pretty risky proposition if you ask me. Um, for me, it just it, it boils down to, you know. What, what are the Chargers going to do? How are they going to play? Are they going to play to their standards or are they going to play down to their opponent? Because I think they are easily a better team than the Broncos. Even if the record doesn't show that, I think they're easily a better team than the Bron- Broncos. Um, and honestly, I think that they, they, could, they can score points. And I, I don't really fear this Broncos defense that much. I mean, they... I could really see this team going in there and putting up thirty plus points, uh, and then holding holding the Broncos to like twenty points. Like I could see that happening. Drew Lock is not very good. He's just he's been playing really poorly. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the deal is. I know he was injured for a little while here, but he just has not played well. And I don't know if I if their passing game really scares me. Um, yes, their their run game looks okay, but I think this team can can weather that storm. And I think that honestly. If the Chargers can get up to a big lead, I don't know if the Broncos have enough firepower to get back into games. Right, that's that's that is the thing that's going to play into the Chargers' hands if they can come out on Sunday and do like they've done pretty much every game so far and, and take and gotten out to a double-digit lead. I I think that they have the ability, one on offense, to keep keep scoring points, but I also think that the Broncos' lack of real firepower on the offensive side of the ball, I I think that would allow me to be comfortable thinking that this can be a pretty easy win because i don't think the broncos are designed to play from behind they just aren't so to me i think this is a winnable game i think this is of the game of these like five games we talk about i think this is a must win game because i think this is a game you should win right i think if the Chargers are not favored going into this game i think that's that would be crazy i haven't seen the with the odds makers have have the line at right now but i have to imagine that the Chargers are the favorites, and I think they should win this game. So, you know, if if I'm putting my if I'm putting money down, I'm I'm saying it's probably like a probably like a closer than we want. So maybe like a twenty seven to nineteen game. 20, 27 yeah, twenty seven to seventeen. How about that? We'll give them two touchdowns. That's
2: generous, but you know, I think that's a good score. Dan, are, are you thinking that's how it's going to play out, or um, uh, the yeah, Von Millerless? But, um... They're, they've Donkeys got a couple, of,
3: a couple of guys that I have concerns about, but it's it's Chubb and their top running back, Philip Lindsay. Um, the Other than those two, there's not really anyone that's giving me any cause for concern. I see it as potentially a lot like the game we've just watched. Um, a team that is going to rely on running it and hoping that their quarterback can do something. But I don't think Drew Locke's got even the ability to extend a play like Gardner Minshew has, which is limited at best anyway. Um, so I, I don't want to be too optimistic about it, but I'm feeling fairly confident heading into the weekend. The and uh, you mentioned that um, we we do poorly. Um, well, we do poorly generally, but we do poorly visiting Mile <laughs> High. Um, so it's worth nice. noting the Broncos haven't done anything at Mile High this year either.
0: So
3: yeah, they've lost all three games. Yeah. Well,
2: let's go and pile it on and and get a W. Um, I'm going to bring us uh, crashing back down. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not. I'm not predicting a loss. Don't worry, guys. Uh, I am predicting the win. I think this is where we turn it round. And uh, do, do you know what? I love Justin Herbert. Yeah. I don't he, care who hears it. I will go <laughs> and shout it from the highest rooftop. Um, I just think he's elite, and I think this is going to be his. Uh, Coming out ball, he's going to absolutely annihilate um the the Broncos. Do you want, do you want a prediction? A bold prediction. Wait, you, don't, you don't think
1: last week was a coming out ball? I mean he he killed it.
2: I he did, but I I think we need to do it in division and not against the Jags or the Jets. We need a team that has beaten us regularly recently, and that is now this is the big platform, this, as was says the big game. But I've got a bold prediction for you. Eastern stick will be the quarterback for the Chargers against the Broncos. Why? Because we're so far ahead, we bench Herbert and he gets the entire fourth quarter. <laughs> I thought you were going to say
3: because we've decided to bench Badgley and move Herbert to kicker. <laughs> Which
1: won't happen. <laughs> yeah. no, I'll take it anyone right now. Can I ask you what you're going to put on the line for that? Because I'll take some of that action. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you always take me up on my action. Uh, I think I will... Uh, be banned from uh, having a nice brew of coffee for a week and i'll have to have microwave coffee Oof, that is
0: rough not even i would go that far
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay question no question question for you guys either. biggest offense for tea microwaving it or leaving the tea bag into for basically the entire time microwave yeah,
0: some it of, some of the uh, teas that the ginger tea I drink you, you leave your tea bag in but never ever put a brew in the microwave it's just like it's just like putting uh, ketchup on steak although we do that in the UK <laughs> we do that oh. ketchup goes for, for all our friends in the US ketchup goes with everything everything
2: uh, apart from chips mayonnaise goes on chips
0: I'm um, <laughs> talking chips or uh, crisps <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it when this podcast gets confusing for both sides of I the I think pod. we're talking about fruit um, and fries and that's all that matters <laughs> fruit and fries, fries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys look we've got this divisional array. it is huge and I think we're all looking forward to uh, to seeing the outcome in Herbert we trust um, that's everything for this week guys where can we find you on the socials
1: at endzone85 you can get me at at Adroid airs, hashtag audible chocolate,
3: and you can find me at UKLA charges.
1: Where I hope
2: you'll be posting a picture of yourself with those awesome headphones that glow different colours, because <laughs> our listeners want to see that. <laughs> They're so cool. I want them. Um, uh, you can find me at Bez the Spaniard, and you can find the podcast at Charged Up Pod. Check us out at chargedupbolts.com. We want to hear from you. We want you to get involved. Throw us your questions, your comments, your rants, your raves. Um, get involved as Herbert leads his franchise into a big division, normal matchup. Peace out.